Hey there, and welcome to Drunk Distory Presents The Dark Ride, a fun theme parks theme game show with zero prizes and lots of drinking. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Adrian. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. We are two people who love all things theme parks and started this podcast so we can drink all about them with fellow theme parks, loving fans just like you. Today, we're headed back down to the virtual tavern to have a chill chat. Um, We actually have a guest on today's show and um we're super excited these are chill episodes we turn down the house lights and enjoy a beer at the bar which is how this podcast started and our beer is the hourglass in these episodes because when it's done so are we so we are at the virtual tavern hey rye yeah hi <laughs> i'm so uh, i'm so excited to bring a, a fellow guest in like a fan in a, fr- a friend into the uh, yeah, not into the fan show. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We don't. She might be a fan. <laughs> I, I don't. She's definitely a friend. She's definitely and, a friend. And, We're gonna have a friend on the show. And yeah. I'm excited to bring her on. Uh you know, to like to talk, to like to talk about to it. talk, yeah. But we we're drinking, and uh, today we we drink always like some sort of a drink, and this one's out of a can. This is Volley Sharp Grapefruit. It's a uh, agave tequila with sparkling water. Yeah, it's like a cocktail in a can. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, they're good. It's very refreshing. I like this type of stuff. Though. I like like the sparkling, like the, this whole genre now of like sparkle. seltzers and yeah, everything. Sparkle. It's it's fun. Yeah, so um, we already recorded this interview, and we're so excited to show it to you guys after the break, because um, to let you guys hear it after the break, because we have Jessica. She's known as Tremaine Talk mm-hmm. on TikTok. Super big on TikTok, like thousands and thousands of followers. Blew up really fast because she does a lot of um, commentary content because as a former um, uh, Disney Parks entertainment performer, she was famously uh, Lady Tremaine from Cinderella, but then she did a bunch of other characters as well. Um, She talks about... She tells us all about like the ins and outs of it, like the the behind the scene type style information. Yeah. Which is... uh, I mean, like as somebody who's like not so into you know meet and greets and stuff like that like i was amazed at how like how intrigued i yeah. was by this like we couldn't stop asking questions yeah yeah it, it, <laughs> yeah buckle in this is like not a, in. this is not a short one yeah and jessica's so great and she and she doesn't hold back and she'll she'll answer any questions about this so it's a really fun interview um I, I know you're going to love it so hopefully like you know have your get your drink get your buzz ball get whatever get your water Whatever you want, yeah. and um, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna have Jessica, aka at Tremaine Talk, on the show with us. It is good to be bad, and I, I'm i just so excited because we have an actual Disney villain. Bring on the villainy. That was like a, a character performer, one of my good friends. She's uh, so mean. No, not in real not, life. That's not true. That's <laughs> not, not true at all. Not in real life. <laughs> um, and, uh, she's a character performer, plays a villain, and um, she's one of my good friends. We met her on, on TikTok, and... Um, we bonded because we're both, you know, I'm from New York, she's from New Jersey, both former stand-up comedians, and I've wanted to have her on the pod for a long time, and she happened to be available tonight. I'm so excited. Jessica, a.k.a. Tremaine Talk, what's up? <laughs> it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Jessica's in full, um, She her, her personality is Beetlejuice, and the... <laughs> Earrings are Beetlejuice <laughs> earrings right now. Oh, they're great. <laughs> and I have a Lydia t-shirt on. Oh, nice. Lydia t-shirt. It's your, it's... And then I have my Jason Voorhees uh, headband. Oh, full spooky season. Love it. Yeah. And that's it's perfect because we're in spooky season. We're in it. We're in it to win it now. Yeah. And um, so, Jessica. Mm-hmm. You so you're you're just jack of all trades. I mean, you've done a lot of you've done a lot of things, um, but you're most known um, for being a former performer of Lady Tremaine in the Disney parks. 
Yes. Which is like, which it's Cinderella's Cinderella's stepmother. wicked stepmother. Yeah. Yes. And for, like, for, for you uninformed, for you swine, <laughs> you heathen, <laughs> uncultured swine. Yeah, for you. I mean, like, uh, like people arguably say that, like, when you get those are that is the stepmother and the stepsisters are a fun meet and greet. Yeah, but uh, Lady Tremaine, the, like the cartoon version. Yeah. Not, not Jessica, but maybe in costume, Jessica uh, scared the ever living shit out of me as a kid. Like she oh. was the scariest of the the villains. Because she's, she's scary because she's, she's like real. real. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's real. real. Like she could be your real grandma yes. who's like just like laying in the bed, like telling you, like the way that scene where she's in the bed and she walks in the room and her eyes are like green and uh-huh. she's like Cinderella. Like just <laughs> I like your version of it. That's <laughs> Um, so, but let's, before that, let's go back a little bit because, uh, I like to see how it gets to that point. So was your family, a family that went to Disney as, were were you a Disney family? Yeah. Uh, we went every other year, like 14 or 15 of us, uh, from when I was like five, uh, through college. I mean, I started working, I moved to Florida in January, 2010 to start at Disney and um, up until the year before that we had been every other year since I was five and I'm 33. (laughs) So did you know, like, were you as a kid being like, I want to one day work in the parks? No, um, that didn't come until later because I guess I just didn't, it didn't click for me that they were like people, like regular people working that job. (laughs) It was just kind of, because I think there's I mean, a certain amount of... I mean, regular, of, just regular people. Like, really? Right. Like, it's not regular. Like, there's nothing regular about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the face character... There's nothing regular about the face characters because they are the top, the echelon yeah. of the Disney... <laughs> like, like that's the job. Yeah. That's the job everyone wants, Jess. <sighs> Plus, you're Don't give crazy. them that much credit. Y'all crazy. I, okay. Y'all crazy. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I love performers... I think there are some – there is definitely a reputation among face characters that they take themselves too seriously and they truly believe they are that character. Now, the part of that is Disney's fault because they convince you of that. But uh, some of it, it's like, okay, get a hold of yourself. Like, Oh, so you're saying you're, some people are very meta about it. Oh, yeah. The, like The Daniel Day-Lewis of, of Ariel. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> She's well, like, I need, to, I need a beach house. <laughs> well, Ryan, it happens on accident because you have to think, like, kind of put yourself, like, if you've done any performing in your life, you can kind of get into this space. So just imagine that you're working um, as a, at a job. All of it is improvised. There's nothing about your performance that is scripted. Um, you have to improvise as somebody who's not yourself and is sometimes a complete opposite personality of yourself. Sure. And there were weeks where I would work 70 hour weeks, seven zero as the same character. So, and you literally are on set for like 45 minutes. You're off for 15 if you're indoors. So you have to understand like for an entire shift, like you have to put yourself mentally yeah, as somebody who's completely different from you, and so that's, yeah, that's wild. It's a wild like yeah. improv game to like to think of because like I, I mean I, I did a, a fair amount of improv at one point in my life, and like right. it's uh you know short like that like never mind short form long form. This is like extra 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 long right. Form. And you would do a show for what an hour or two? Yeah, like she's yeah. talking about like a full a full workday shift. Yeah, the whole time being in yeah. improv. Yeah, there were times where I would do. Like somebody would call out for castle sets in the morning as Lady Tremaine. They used to have her in Fairy Tale Garden before uh, Tangled came out. Um, they used to have them in there on opposite set times of story time with Belle, what it used to be. And sometimes somebody would call out. I get pulled to, to do that. But then I would be scheduled Grand Floridian dinner. So I'd spend all day in Fairy Tale Garden as her and then go to dinner. So I'd be doing it from like 8 o'clock in the morning until like 1030 at night. Jesus wow. Christ. Yeah. That's wild. Well, I think in general, mm-hmm. people don't realize that when like, I mean, so you started out in DCP, you were in the college program. Yes, I started out as a college program from January 2010 through August that same year. And were you a character or that that was your first job and you were started out? In, as, I started 
out as Lady Tremaine and a costume character. Wow. How did how did that come to be? Like how did you uh like do an a, uh, an audition for her or But did you no. have to go through the regular DCP interview process? Like I I had to be interviewed yes. at my college. So you that same thing but then you put on your like your request that you wanted to do uh entertainment? No. Well, yes and no. So I did the normal interview and you can't like you can put that you're interested in entertainment, but they can't hire you for entertainment that way. So I originally was offered attractions. Um, I n- don't know which attraction, but essentially that's like the first job I was offered. And in October 2009, I drove to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was in college in Maryland. Um, and I drove to Pittsburgh and they had a regular character performer audition. And if you were a college program at the time and you wanted to audition to be college program entertainment, you had to go to a regular open call audition. So anywhere oh. in the country. Mm. So you went and there were, I mean, easily a thousand people at this audition, wow. but they were cycling us through. So it didn't feel like quite so many people. There weren't that many in there at a time. Like there were maybe 200 in the room. Um, so what would happen is you show up like it's just a regular audition, but you're doing it towards your DCP, if that makes sense. So literally, so I auditioned in October and then before Thanksgiving. So before I went home for Thanksgiving, uh, when I was in college, they had already changed my um, job status. Like when you would log in on the website to entertainment. Okay. So when you were in college, were you doing like uh, like theater and, and things like that? or? Yeah, I started dance when I was three. I started musical theater when I was like middle school age mm-hmm. um, and then continued that through into college. Cool. Yeah. So it was it was like a my entire life, if I'm being quite honest. Right. Sure, sure. So your, your start as Lady Tremaine, but then you also were other characters as well. Yeah, so every face character, at least at Walt Disney World, has to also be fur characters. So I was, um, you know, I was actually the hag from Snow White. I was Pluto, Eeyore, Buzz Lightyear, uh, Green Army Man, the Tweedles, um, all the country bears except for two of them. (laughs) And then, geez, um, Br'er Fox when they still had him out, you know, before we realized how problematic he was. Right. <laughs> what's uh, and what's the least comfortable fur costume? Buzz Lightyear. I know. I'm I, like, I've heard her talk about yeah. this. So Buzz Lightyear, I got disapproved in. So the can I talk about like specifics of costumes on here? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. About whatever you like. So the jetpack on the costume, they've they've changed it a little bit now, but it's still just as uncomfortable. But the jetpack um, itself doesn't have a harness so like other larger characters like blue they have like a backpack harness same with the beast Mm -hmm. that attaches to the performer's chest so it like spreads the weight out buzz lightyear it literally on the inside is just completely hollow and it sits on your shoulders but the problem is the whole jetpack is connected to the arms and it's made out of hard plastic and metal so it was literally 40 pounds just on your shoulders and that's just the jetpack so that doesn't include like the head was light, but that doesn't include the legs. And the problem with Buzz Lightyear too is if your joints, like if your knees didn't perfectly match up with his joints, you had hard plastic jamming you in the leg every time oh, you took a step. God. And that happened to me. I had like bruises that <sighs> lasted like a month on my knee, um, just from it being constant. So Buzz Lightyear was terrible. I love the character, so I kept trying to keep the character. Yeah. It was so painful. So this brings me to a question about this. Mm-hmm. How how much background do you have, and what is the process of you learning? Ev- like you just named ten, you know, maybe five to ten characters that you that you were. Mm-hmm. How much did you have to know? Was there like, and is there a quiz? Do they provide the information, or do you have to do your research? No. So essentially, all they teach you is the autographs they teach and then they give you a um almost like a uh like if like a spark notes like here's your main points of this character's personality so for example if you see mickey mouse it'd be like traditional dapper gentlemanly like it'll give you like general things because a lot of some um some performers who play these characters don't 
speak English. Like you'll have, they, we used to have ICPs, international college program who would end up as characters and their English was not as good. Like they could speak English, but, um, they could end up playing like Mickey mouse because it's not a character who ended up talking. Mm -hmm. So they tried to make it very simple, like their directions on what the character was, but they do encourage you to watch videos of your character um sometimes in the break rooms they would play like just disney movies in there so like i mean for some of the characters everybody kind of knows right like everybody knows how mickey mouse is right Mm -hmm. it's the more obscure ones that are a little bit harder like i just guessed at Br'er fox because i couldn't get at that time i couldn't get my hands on anything where i could have seen him besides the ride right sure Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, yeah it's not like you like it's not like you can like find song of the south like readily available anywhere or do you want especially then (laughs) especially then yeah Yeah. but like um there were some obscure characters like like i was also rafiki and as much as i love rafiki he's not in the first he's not in the lion king that much no he's only in a few scenes so like you literally just have to guess (laughs) (laughs) and most people don't question you like clearly right. Rafiki's not gonna be jumping around clapping his hands like you you, you know enough right right um yeah, yeah I just but- always find it amazing speaking of Buzz Lightyear like that they he always seems to know like Buzz Lightyear isms like you know like one time motion like you got a snake in your boot and I was like the way he mimed it was so amazing and I'm like they must have to know a lot of this stuff to yeah well also, like, you're, you're a comedian, and um, Ryan, if you've done improv, you know, like, there's a certain level of clowning and pantomime mm-hmm. that, as a trained actor and performer, you have to go through. So it's very rare that somebody who's never performed before gets through the audition. Like, it's just, it just doesn't happen that often. So there's an innate, um, like, instinct in those of us who are performers that we know how to pantomime. We know how to communicate non-verbally. Sure. But the the hard thing about being a costume character is you also can't rely on your facial expressions. Sure. Totally. Yeah. That's what really is the hard part is not so much pantomiming without words. It's the facial expressions. Yeah. And not, and not even like micro movements, like, you know, like things that you would do with your fingers or whatever, talking. you know, like, well, yeah, but I mean like, yeah. even, even within pantomime, you're even, yeah. you know, like you're, you're knocked Able down to, to like, you know, big movements only really yeah but they do them so well yeah um so okay i i have a question for you i I actually want your opinion on this yeah so we're we're about a month out of d23 happened and josh tomorrow in his uh what is it parks experiences and products we can (laughs) first of all he spent a lot of time there's no products that we talked there was no products (laughs) spent a lot of time like being like, and there's a meet and greet coming. And like, they were Marvel characters and he would spend like 20 minutes talking about each of these Marvel characters and how he was working with the director. It would just seem like this very involved process to create this walk around character. And then when he gets to Disney world, he says, and guess what, everybody, your prayers have been answered. Figments coming to the parks. And basically, you know, he's like the popcorn bucket was a big deal. People are going to love this, but the part that freaked that that like you know dinged in my head was he was like he'll be arriving in the parks late 2023 which is about a year from that announcement maybe even right. over yeah. late 2023 right what in your opinion like for me i would think they're announcing the like the latest it should be he should be in the park is next month like what is taking so long i to get because if even if you're like well maybe they're building a set maybe but they could have them outside of the imagination pavilion yeah. before that but they're not so there's a couple of things that guests don't really know about figment um yeah. so um a big part of the reason why figment was taken out to begin with was staffing issues so the costume they had was very hard to fit people in it was a similar situation of you know, Buzz Lightyear, Mushu has the exact same issue, but on a different part of the costumes. Why Mushu's not out with Mulan anymore? The issue is wait, is as that like figment- as like a like a full size walk around figment rather than like the Dreamfinder puppet figment. Yeah, they used to have him out. Um, just they just took him out right before I started working there. They used to have him out for special events. Yeah, and I remember like him that. being out. I've yeah, seen him. he was out. 
I kind of don't but, want. Like, but a the issue size. is, that's what it is. It's gross. The way the figment costume is designed and the size of the performer inside made the costume really painful. So essentially, you know, figment has really long neck and it's very narrow. So yeah. it's very hard to fit a performer's head inside of that. So they have to uh, make the performer really small. Right. So the performer is like five two, five three maximum. So you have to remember somebody with that small of a frame supporting a very long neck and then a head on top of it um, was very difficult to staff. People were getting hurt and injured. It was not an easy costume to perform. And that's number one. Number two, I'm suspecting that since they are deciding to bring Figment back into the park, that means they are essentially starting from scratch on the costume design. Mm -hmm. And they need to make sure that they have tested, like beta tested the costume enough. So what they're probably going to do is sometime in the summer of next year, what they'll do is they'll start bringing him out without it being announced, right. without, without it being a, a publicly known thing to see that there's no issues. The, the Essentially what Disney likes to do um, is they don't promise something. Um, they, they don't want to ever delay anything. Right. Like mm -hmm. you've seen that with Tron. They have a lot of issues with that. So what they try to do is they try to under promise and then over deliver. So it, by them saying late next year, that might mean August. It might mean November. We don't know because what they could do is they could beta test the costume in August and then realize, OK, this is causing issues. We have structural issues. We need to go back to the drawing board and it still gives them several months to fix does oh, that okay. make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. It totally makes and sense. And it makes sense now you're explaining that the costume is difficult. So, yeah, it's probably going to be a, a it's probably going to be in fabrication for a while. I'm I'm willing to bet he will come back with for part of food and wine for next year. So like, you know how he tends to be kind of like it's associated. The person. Yeah. Right. So that that would make the most sense to me is that they would bring him, you know, in August, September, uh, at least in the beta stages. Um, but yeah, they're probably going to trial and error the costume because they have had so many issues in the past. Right. Well, that, that's interesting. And that makes me feel better. The whole thing makes yeah. it a bummer to me because I thought we were getting like the dream finder. No, we're not back. getting the dream finder. They're not bringing the dream finder because he's Just not currently there. Just bring him back. Get over it. No, I won't ever. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> I will die on this hill. Um, <laughs> we're not getting the dream finder. Um, okay. Well, that makes it. Well, Speaking of the the cost, okay. So the the costumes are uncomfortable. Um, everyone, the classic question that you must get, you you get all the time, and I mm -hmm. is people saying about like being hot in the costumes, and everyone believing that you guys have air conditioners in there, which you don't. Um, <laughs> what really like? So is it is it so hot that like like obviously you're so you say you could be out there forty five minutes at a time. So costume characters are usually on 30-minute sets. In the summer, it's 20 minutes. So um, 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off for fur characters. Face characters is the 45-minute one. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different, though. Um, so essentially, with costume characters, there is no air conditioning. Um, and they've tried putting fans in some of the costumes, and the fans do not work. They've actually had issues... Um, there's DreamWorks characters. This is not Disney. This is Universal. But I worked um, for DreamWorks when the Gaylord Palms had the DreamWorks characters there. And um, Alex the Lion, the, there was an issue with one performer long time ago where the battery for the fan actually leaked battery acid onto oh. the performer. So the, the issue is, is that fans and mechanisms like that are not meant to take that heat. Um, and that strenuous of use. So it's largely failed. I was a part of a, a beta testing program at Disney at the boat dock meet and greet location at Animal Kingdom, which used to be Pooh and Friends. And I was Eeyore, you know, for those shifts. Um, and what they did was they were testing cooling vests. Um, and it was essentially like a, a fanny pack you would wear uh, on the back so it was not in the front. It was in the back. Um, and it had ice cold water in it. And then you were wearing a vest that had tubes running through it. Oh, it pump it through. And it would wow. pump the water through there to cool you. Now, the problem with it is they were beta, beta testing it there. And they stopped it right then because um, it didn't happen with me because Eeyore's like 
not as hot as some others, but um, Tigger performers in particular and um, – not Tigger. Um, Pooh performers in particular were getting um, – really terrible symptoms like throwing up they would because their body was cooling and so it wasn't sweating in that heat so they were getting violently ill so wow. they actually stopped the program there they don't they don't exist anymore as far as i'm aware yeah because like even if your core temperature you know is being brought down by the vest your head is still boiling hot your arm you know like all your limbs are still boiling hot and sweating is a part of your body trying to cool itself so if your body is not actively cooling itself and you're forcing it to cool down in that situation, you mm-hmm. can get really sick. Yeah. Totally. When you're at Disney and you like all of a sudden they'll randomly be a character out that's not announced or like sometimes they come to the hotels. Are those people that are training in these roles generally or they um, like ha- like I'm sure like with, with your first sh- couple shifts, are you like on full on stage or do you do a couple of like little mini meet and greets that are not. So, so there's two things. Um, number one, if you see a training group, you're going to see a lot of characters at the same time. So for, oh. for example, um, training groups, they tend to be um, kind of hidden. So um, do you remember in the Canada pavilion, there's like that blue building that has that giant gate in front of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, where one of my training shifts was they opened that gate and people had to go into like walk right in front of that building. And we were totally. outside, but it was right in front of that building. And that's where we were because they could control the amount of people allowed in there. So we weren't mm. completely bombarded. We were also over at the American pavilion. Um, you know, if you're looking at the pavilion, just to the left of it, we were over there. Um, because you can't visibly see any other characters around the world showcased from that one spot. So like, for example, Mickey was at character spot. Um, and then we would have somebody as Mickey as well. And so you couldn't see both Mickey's in that line of view. So they would kind of like shove us back there. So anyway, so that those are two common locations where they would have characters. They used to also have one in animal kingdom. Um, when you do character training, you do, uh, two days of indoor training, three days in the park, um, of training. That's, that's kind of how it works. So it's likely not training if you're just seeing one or two performers. What the situation is there is there's likely spare performers. So it's very common, uh, almost every day, no, literally every day, they schedule spare performers in every height range. So uh. I was often a Pluto buzz spare, um, they will also have face character spares. Um, they have like, so for example, if you are multiple face characters, they'll have you as a face spare. So the like, you know, for uh, Norway breakfast or for Cinderella's Royal table or whatever. Um, so if somebody calls in, they have extra performers, but what happens is once all the performers for that shift have checked in, um, you'll go to the entertainment base and they'll say, hey, do you want to keep your hours or do you want to ER early release? Um, and uh, you can decide to go home if they offer you that. Or you can say, I want to keep my hours. Well, if you want to keep your hours, sometimes they'll have a spare attendant as well. And they're like, OK, well, um, go grab a costume in your height range and we're going to send you out and you're going to do roaming sets. And here's your set oh, time. Oh, okay. So they'll do that. Like I did that as Rafiki a bunch because Rafiki's not at, at Magic Kingdom. So if I was at Magic Kingdom and they were like, do that, that's what we do. Um, that's the only instance where I ever got to be Tweedles is like there were two of us like Pluto Eeyore spares. Um, and so they were like, go grab the Tweedles and go to the teacups with Alice and the White Rabbit. And that's what we did. We did sets all morning. That sounds so much so, fun. Like, yeah. Like it, where it's like those random and yeah, like you don't know what to expect. That's and, much pressure. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fun, um, but it's not fun when they tell you what character to take. Sure. Right. Um, it's more fun when like you get to pick. So like the Tweedles were great. They were easy. They're not that hot. Like they're very easy. Um but, like, if they went and told me to grab, like, Rafiki can be really hot. And so sometimes I'd be like, oh, like, yeah. you know. But, oh. yeah. So that's probably what you ended up seeing was you saw, like, a spare performer who just wanted to keep their hours. So they sent them out. Cool. Cool. 
Well, yeah. so I I told you about this, but you ha- you have such we haven't even gotten to this yet, which because I, I when you're talking to Jessica about this stuff, you can get very like, wait, and what about this? And what about that? There's so much plethora of information. So Jessica is on TikTok. She's at Tremaine Talk and also on Instagram, Jessica Tremaine Talk, right? Or is it the same? Tremaine Talk, Jessica. Tremaine Talk, Jessica. Yeah. But so you so you haven't been a character in a couple years, but then so tell me how you decided to start your TikTok and what was your first video and and how you started commenting on this stuff. Yeah, it's been uh, about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially how it happened, it happened kind of on accident. So I started, I created a TikTok account because um, I was working uh, with a bunch of young people. I'm also a dance teacher um, right now. So like I was working with a bunch of young people and they were like, I want to send you TikTok videos. You need to create a TikTok <laughs> yeah. just to have an account. And I was like, okay, cool, fine. I created it, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I just was kind of watching stuff and I wasn't really making anything. But then one day I was going to the ear, nose and throat doctor and I was sitting there. It was really early. I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, you know what? Like, I kind of want to tell this story about this video that was on YouTube of me as Lady Tremaine and kind of talk about like the circumstance, right? So I sit in my car and I record like a two part video talking about like how this video came to be. And it's literally a video of me Um, as Lady Tremaine. We were in the Mary Poppins garden behind the um, 1900 Park Fair. And there was a family. There was three, um, three young ladies. Uh, One was dressed as Anastasia, one as Drizella and one as Cinderella in her rags outfit. And the one in the rags outfit was like a three-year-old. Aww. Um, and the video is the manager. The entertainment manager was in the video, which essentially cleared me from all wrongdoing. Um, so the entertainment manager like sets up the photo and the, and the little girl turns around and hugs me around the legs in the video. And I have like this disgusted face on because mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, and I wanted to hug this little girl so bad I wasn't allowed to. So, so, but that video went viral on YouTube to the tune of like, I think 18 million views at this point or more. Wow. And, um, it went viral and I started getting people sending me this video of me. And I was like, this video was featured in like a bunch of on like online articles like my face was all over the place if i had still been at the company when all of that came out i would have been potentially in trouble the um so essentially that was my first tiktok story um, Wait, but like but why would of, you have gotten in trouble like because you stayed so, in character like so it's this is something i talk about a lot people don't seem to um register the issue is not that you stayed in character or didn't stay in character. The problem is, is that they don't have a system of checks and balances among management. Mm. Right. So what can happen is now, thankfully an entertainment manager was in the video, which pretty much cleared me. Um, But if, for example, there was an entertainment manager in the video, anybody could have seen that video who was upset by my portrayal and um, could have fired me because they thought I used poor judgment is the actual reason or um, that I was not maintaining character integrity because it's all improvised. They can say that they don't think your, um, your choices as an actor um, were true to the character. Now that could be true or not true. It doesn't really matter. It's just all subjective. So like, um, so like, I mean, in that same light, if you had like broken and you had given her a hug, they could have also fired I, you for for breaking. I would have character. been fired by that manager, but yes, Crazy. immediately. Wow, immediately, like no question. Like if I, I, Lady Tremaine is not even supposed to bend down. Like you can't get on a child's level. Princesses can, and yeah. the, and the stepsisters can, but you can't even lower yourself. Um, I used to get notes for not standing up straight enough when I was reaching for autograph books, um, you would reach for an autograph book across the table and I would get notes from performance specialists that I wasn't standing up straight enough. Damn. That's crazy. So, but that's the thing is people don't realize that it's very big brother. It's a very big brother. Yeah. And any videos of characters online is just makes it easier for Disney to spy on their people. But that's essentially how I came to do TikTok. I posted it and like overnight had like, 
almost 3000 followers um, right. from those videos. Right. And then you continue to sort of speak up for current performers now, because there's a, there is problematic, a lot of problematic behavior in the parks, especially towards characters and cast members. And, um, you know, because of that, you're out there kind of just trying to educate the public on like, this is the not inappropriate behavior. You could, your video that you're going viral on could potentially get somebody fired. And it has, like, I get messages from performers, um, on a regular basis who are still performing and they'll say like, so-and-so got written up, um, like there's there's been a couple of videos that I've made where that performer had um, gotten in trouble because of their original video, um, and they messaged me and said like you know thank you we appreciate it like somebody needs to speak up because we can't say anything if we want to get our jobs back through the union right and also you bring up a, a great point in your video too like beyond if someone's like well you're not going to get fired from that the ethics of somebody like posting a YouTube video like of you and that person, if they had a monetized YouTube account made a ton of money off of you performing something that Mm -hmm. they just pointed a camera at and you, you're barely making like people don't know how much money people make as uh, like you, you think like, Oh, you're a performer. You're doing all this time. You said yourself, there were points where you didn't even have housing I was homeless for like three months. Yeah, while while being lady, <laughs> while being a character, and then there's right. people like blowing up and making tons of money on your performance. Right, and and I think people are like, oh, well, how much can they really be making? It doesn't matter if you make one dollar off the back of somebody who is you know struggling. It's too much. It's um to me, it's very akin to. Um, like filming strangers, right? Like if you are out, like you saw that woman, that belligerent woman who was like in Epcot and people were filming her being taken out by the cops. Yes. So now I don't agree with how she was behaving. However, it is not your right as a guest in a public place, however, on private property to film somebody and post it on your social media to earn money from it. You are literally profiting off of someone else's misfortune. And to me, that is unethical. Like I am very careful if I do impart content to make sure that there are no employees in my videos and that there are no people in my videos, especially children. Um, I just, I, I, I need to practice what I preach in that way. And I try in, in every sense of the word to make sure, because I also want to show people this is possible. It is possible to earn money as a content creator without exploiting people. And you're an amazing, the the ironic thing about you as an example of this is people, there's different ways that people will say, I can't be successful online if I'm not filming in the parks you actually live in Orlando and don't film in the parks, which it's, uh, you know, it's like I, I film in the parks when I'm in um, town, but I, yeah, the vast majority of your content is not from the park. It's not in the parks, but like, I, you know, like if that, that argument right there isn't true, you have a huge following and you live nearby. You could easily do what everyone does and just go in the park and point the camera and, and, but you don't do that. you, have, yeah. You use green screen and you're, you're or you're in your car. <laughs> uh, my car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I'm in my car. I also am very against like the habitual live streaming thing because yeah. of the same reason. Well, it's, um, it's just getting out of control, you know, like. Well, that and also like you have to remember these people are filming other people's children for an hour waiting in line for a ride. Yeah. So it, it's just to me, like, you don't know who's screen recording that. You don't know if that child is in foster care. You don't know a lot of things. And those people deserve to be at Disney just like everyone else. Um, I know that um, this other creator, um, her uh, and her wife and their son were going to gay days, and she made a video saying, please don't live stream during gay days because you don't know who's out. You don't know who has a safety issue. Sure. You know, or in in some states, you can still be fired for being gay, Um, you know, Florida being one of them. But um, 
you she was saying that and people were saying well fuck you i don't care i'm going to do it anyway and that's the thing is like the hubris behind some of the the disney creators on social media platforms is absolutely insane like they feel like they can't be touched nobody can topple their success right yeah no it's it's unfortunate um and speaking of that because there was one video that you made that i mean i love all your videos i i love you have a very strong point of view and, and the way you deliver it is is amazing so everyone should follow you at and they already do tremaine talk um <laughs> But one that really struck me you did recently where you were talking about like you said you started it, the theme was like, you know, if I how I would handle like it was like five things that you said of like things that people do when they do a meet and greet yes. that are piss off people like the kid. things I won't do things yes. I won't do. Yeah. And it was and there was one that really was I was like it made me think was you were saying like people that will spend time with the character where they'll they'll have like they'll come in with a group of like 16 and then they'll do like the full group shot and then the 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 individual families and then every individual person needs a photo Mm -hmm. and i remember like watching that video and being like oh my god that's so true because it's like those lines to meet for meet and greets they can go on for a very long time and then i went to the halloween party and i was meeting elvis stitch and the line is right in front of him so you're watching this and i saw it happen in real time these like groups and it took it could take five plus minutes for just one family to get through yeah and uh that's actually real it's less so in the parties but it actually causes issues for the performer as well because um the performers are given metrics. So an amount of people or amount of groups they have to see within their, within an hour or within their set. And if they don't, if they're consistently not meeting those metrics, they can be reprimanded. I don't know if anybody has been fired for that, but reprimands stay on your record for, for quite a while and that it can hurt you. Um, so, um, like this was a big issue with Anna and Elsa. I know Kate cupcakes actually did a whole video on this where she was talking about how when Anna and Elsa first came out, the metrics they were given um, were not actually possible. It was like uh, like hundreds of people more than they were physically capable of seeing. So they were just loving and shoving everybody coming through the line. And so that that's Wait, that. Can, can you, what's uh, uh, as a as yeah a non, love and shove? Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm a non uh, non understander. So <laughs> so love and shove is a term amongst Disney performers. Um, well, amongst all all performers. Um, in uh in the parks where it is essentially what you're told to do but not do um to get people through faster for example the biggest place i experienced this was at character spot the old character spot in epcot where you would see mickey you would see, you know what i mean so all yeah. the characters right and so i was pluto and so i never had the issue with this mickey always had the problem so everybody wanted extra time with mickey Right. By the time people got to Goofy, sometimes people would skip Goofy, which I don't get. You wait in line for all these characters. Why yeah. don't you do that? But yeah, skip they Mickey. would right skip goof. Mickey. Yeah, go right for the Goofy. Right. I mean, seriously. Anyway. <laughs> but so people would um, spend so much extra time with Mickey. But then what would happen is because of that, Mickey would regularly get talked to by management. And so people would start calling in for that shift. So there were regularly people like being pulled to do Mickey there because nobody wanted the shift. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, so that's a problem that can come from that, but it's super common when people go up, but then like they don't have their autograph books open. So literally the performer has to turn to a page and find a blank page with that limited it. vision. They've got to like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they get used to it at yeah. that point, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, it is like those larger families usually that want that or like during cheerleading season, like when they have the competitions, it's always them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so annoying as a guest. Um, and, uh, I really wish Disney would do less structured, um, meet and greets. They do it at Disneyland a little bit where they kind of have like characters walking around on their own. Yeah. yeah. The um, I miss that. Yeah. 
Yeah, they don't do that at Walt Disney World because people get aggressive. Yeah, they'll mob um, them. Yeah. Oh, it it happens. Yeah. Um, Universal has kind of mastered this. Um, most people don't know. So they have a lot of instances at Universal where the characters um, will switch out with another character. Like, so, for example, if you go to meet the Transformers, you are told as you enter the line, you may not see Optimus Prime, but right after Megatron's coming out. So if you would like to wait in the line for Megatron, you you might get to see Optimus Prime or you'll get to see Megatron or Bumblebee or whoever it is. And um, so you are told as you walk into that line, the expectation. I think that Disney is trying to create instances where everybody can see every character. So it's um, because people have like that, I want to get my money's worth situation there. Yeah. Um, that it's it's causing this like panic. Like I have to get every picture I possibly can with Mickey Mouse, you know? Yeah. Like, mm. like instead of the, letting the attendant say, okay, one group picture, which is sometimes what they say, like, yeah. let's just all take one picture together. Um, yeah. People just, they want that. They, they abuse the system. So in order for us, so let's, let's, let's end on a note, an educational note. <laughs> <laughs> what would be some tips that you would say to speaking to the guests of mm-hmm. how to have a good interaction, have a good meet and greet that's mutual for both parties, like beneficial? I personally bring so, vodka, hand, <laughs> hand over vodka, do it slyly. <laughs> Don't do that. Just saying. No. So essentially, so here's how I have gone about interactions Um, and this works out well. Number one, I don't video record my interactions. Um, you are allowed to, of course I don't. Um, wait, so like now as, like as an aside, like, so you, you know, you were a face character for many years. Like, do you like enjoy being a guest going to face characters now? Like, is that, is that something that you're like into still or you're like done with it? I mean, I don't go on my own for the most part. No, with with your kids or, you know, whatever. Right. But I do take my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love it. I, I, I like going too because the performers like interacting with someone who gets it. Sure. It's like, if you go into it, like playing along and not being weird about it, then, well, I'm then out they then. love you. Like <laughs> yeah, you're out. people ask gonna, me, people ask work. me all the time, like, Oh, do they think Disney adults are weird? And the answer is no. They, 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 they like Disney adults, but they don't like ones who are weird and make it like, don't, don't make it weird. Because, yeah, awkward and yeah, yeah, and and sometimes overtly sexual. Like, don't. Oh don't. yeah, no, no. Um, it's gross. Like, for example, like like you were you were uh, you were my first love. You were the first crush I ever had. Like, it's weird. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Um, but my first piece of advice is give your phone to either the attendant or the photo pass photographer, um, and have them do all the pictures for you. Because what they will do is they'll take pictures of you interacting with the character, and then they'll take your big pictures as well. That's number one. Number two, if you want an autograph, um, do not get something that's hard to sign. Make sure it's flat. Um, or if you insist on them signing a t-shirt, make sure you have a Sharpie and something hard for them to lean on. Um, if you are using an autograph book, make sure it's open to a page for them to sign. Um, and please talk to the characters. So a lot of people get up there and they see a character who's not verbally communicating with them. So they just don't know what to do. But if you say things, the performer will react to and pantomime a full conversation back to you. Um, so my suggestion is to, plan what you want to say to them. Like, Oh, you're my favorite. You've been my favorite since I was a little kid or whatever. Performers love hearing that because then they can work with that. Right. Right. Um, but, um, so I, that would be my biggest suggestion. And then, um, do two to three post photographs with the character and then say your goodbyes. Um, I would say that only because if you give the attendant your, your camera, you're going to get a lot of candid shots. Yeah. Um, they will just keep clicking that button. Yeah. Um, they do a great job. I do yeah, it every time. That's the move. Yeah. For sure. And, uh, well, there's certain places too, like at universal, if you go meet the, 
they'll do a video recording and then they'll do pictures while it's recording video. When you mean when you mean who? I'm sorry, I missed that. The Velociraptor. The Velociraptor. The Velociraptor. Okay. So if you go to meet Blue, they'll video record it. It's a, it's a puppet. It's not like there's a performer in the video. But, yeah. Um, it's such a good puppet, though. It's amazing. It's so cool. But anyway, so, but then they'll also take pictures in the corner of your iPhone while it's recording. So you get both. Wow. Um, and um, so it's really, really cool. I, so that's what I would suggest. So make sure you give your phone to the attendant, fully unlocked, ready to go. Have anything you're getting signed immediately and readily available two to three pictures posed and then say your goodbyes and move on. That sh- it should be about one minute to a minute and 30 second um, interaction um, for pretty much any group size at that point. Sure. No, that those are good tips. Awesome tips. And don't yeah. be creepy. Yeah. It's a no for myself. Not, not, <laughs> well, I'm not for sure our listeners. It's are- just for me. I promise if you are concerned about being weird, awkward, or creepy, you are not the problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're concerned about I know, that. I know the guy you're talking about. I get it. I know that guy. Yeah. I he lives in guy. my building. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 4-H. Man, what a scumbag. What a weirdo. Um, oh Jessica, gosh. I could ask you a million questions, but I know we, we we're limited on time. So will you come back on the show another time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh. we can we can do a follow-up. We can do a deep dive. We, we can do a deep just, dive. Wait, this wasn't just, the deep dive. No, no, we're going to go deeper. <laughs> oh, no. No, this is very, Ryan, this is very surface Right, because level. you know. We're going 20,000 leads. Right, you don't know this, but she was also a performer at Universal. Oh, So yeah, there's, there's stuff to talk about there, too. I think we'll have to. And SeaWorld. SeaWorld. And for DreamWorks. Yeah. yeah so I there's, we'll be, you'll, we'll be having you back. Um, I, I love you. Um, you're at Tremaine Talk. That's T R E M A. I N E T O K. Sorry, I brain farted uh, on TikTok. I spell real good. And then Tremaine Talk Jessica uh, on Instagram. She's got a lot of great content on Instagram. Make sure you follow her over there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just will definitely have Jessica back. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really awesome. It's a really here. interesting conversation. I'm, totally. I'm excited to listen back to it. <laughs> um, the Dark Ride presented by Drunk Distory is available every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. The show is free, but you can pay us by liking and subscribing, giving us that five-star rating and review, or just telling a fellow theme parks-loving friend to listen. Email us questions or shout-outs at drunkdistory at gmail.com, and please follow us on Instagram and TikTok for lots of great theme parks content at Drunk Distory. That's it for us, guys, but as always, thanks for drinking theme parks with us. Cheers. I was nineteen in a white dress when you told me I'm your princess. So I played right into your fantasy. Was your good girl, so I sit tight. And if I don't speak, then we can't fight. Looked in the mirror, now I can't believe I forgot I was a bad Tragic, breaking all the rules, cause they were only habits. Cinderella's Fit, but I, I forgot.